Kelly Moore in for Christian O'Mell. And this edition of the CJOB Sports Show podcast will include a trip to the Chicken Wing City for a preview of tomorrow night's Jets game in Buffalo with Mitchell Clinton of Jets TV. We'll also touch down in Kingston, Ontario for a conversation with UFW women's basketball coach Tanya McKay, whose Westmen begin their quest for a national title Thursday afternoon. Then we catch up with former St. James player, now bench boss Blair Mooney, whose Canucks are vying for that franchise's first Manitoba Major Junior Hockey League Championship trophy in 22 years. Joining us now from the Chicken Wing City is the broadcasting components version of former Winnipeg Jet Andrew Kopp, who is often referred to as the Swiss Army Knife. This guy has been that and more for our broadcast this year. Had to uh, sub in as an analyst for a while when Jamie Thomas uh, was in COVID protocol, then took over the play-by-play when Paul Edmonds was in COVID protocol. But Mitchell Clinton of Jets TV, I did you a solid, brother. I I caught COVID over the long break when the Jets didn't play from December 17th uh, to January 2nd. Otherwise, who knows, you might have had to post the pre- and the post-game show on the intermissions as well. Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show. Thank you very much, Kelly. And uh, you mentioned uh, in the uh, the chicken wing capital, I'm uh, just hoping to get my hands on some in a little bit. So uh, uh, you got me ready to, at a perfect time as I'm waiting for my, my order to arrive here at the hotel. Okay, so now are you a spicy hot or, uh, you know, kind of a mild or medium guy when it comes to chicken wings? <laughs> so here's the thing. So if I'm eating it, I can totally, like, I, I can, I feel like anyways, I can handle the spice. But all of a sudden, I'll just, like, start sweating and stuff. So, like, my, I like the taste of it. My body just doesn't seem to like uh, the after effects, if you will. Gotcha. Yeah. So a man knows what his limits are. Hey, well, Mitchell, uh, earlier today, the Jets did go for a twirl before they uh, took off for Buffalo. Uh, I, I wasn't there, full transparency, so I, I wasn't able to see uh, uh, how hard they went at it. But I would suspect with all the hockey they've been playing lately, now that it was probably more just to uh, uh, shake a little bit of the rust off after uh, taking a full day off yesterday just to uh, uh, get things going before they uh, boarded the plane. Yeah, and as the coaching staff likes to say, it's pretty much just one of those days where you just kind of get up and down the ice because, like you said, you've been playing so much hockey. And I thought it was quite telling when Dave Lowry mentioned after the you know the third game in the fourth uh, in the fourth day to close out that homestand when he basically said, like, listen, if the coaches are tired, you can imagine how the players are feeling. So for them, I think this two-day gap before you play back-to-back in Buffalo and Toronto was, I mean, I've, I've heard the phrase rest is a weapon, and I feel like that it can be that for the Winnipeg Jets, just given the fact that, man, and they're not the only team that's had a busy stretch. Like, everybody's second half seems to be really busy. But it just kind of felt like, you know, when you're, when every game means so much, especially in this wild card race, to have a couple of days to, you know, you have your full off day and then you're able to get to the ice. They skated for about half an hour today, but yeah, it was mostly just getting up and down the ice and getting a feel for the puck before uh, they hit the ice for the morning skate in Buffalo tomorrow. Yeah, you know, just an illustration, Mitchell, for how much hockey they have been playing. Uh, Only uh, Washington and Vegas now are ahead of the Jets in the games played column, and I can remember you know, it wasn't that long ago where Winnipeg had played three and four fewer games than some of the leaders in that category. So, yeah, they've uh, they've been busting it for sure. And 
based on how they played, uh, never mind the final score of 2-1 in overtime, uh, the victory over the Arizona Coyotes on Sunday night, but it was how they played in that game that I don't think anybody should have been surprised that the lines remained intact uh, for today's skate. Yeah, 100%. I think you're, you're seeing a lot, of, uh, a lot of depth and a lot of just some different things from some different lines. I, I really like the size that the line with uh, Blake Wheeler in combination with Pierre-Luc Dubois and Kyle Connor have. And obviously, you have the finishing skill of Kyle Connor, especially how he's been going of late. And then Pierre-Luc Dubois and, and Blake Wheeler. Wheeler himself had three or four real good chances in the first 10, 15 minutes of that game against uh, the Arizona Coyotes. But uh, Vimelka was doing his thing, as he seems to do against the Winnipeg Jets this year. They're... I think they've already said they're happy that they won't see him anymore in this season. But, um, yeah, I, I just like a lot of what that line can do. And then you have, you know, the offensive flair that Nikolai Ehlers tends to bring to the game with Mark Shifley's, you know, ability to, to see the ice really well and take advantage of some opportunities. And the Wiley Vett and Paul Stastny on that wing as well. So, you know, and then I think the, the trio with, with Sanford and Lowry and Appleton, they're only going to continue to get better. I thought they were quite good against Arizona. And the Jets are going to need them against Buffalo because Buffalo is like, this isn't a team that maybe that was struggling as much as they were earlier in the year. I mean, they've got points in six straight. They're 4-0-2 in that span. Like, it's not going to be an easy two points tomorrow. Not that there is, you know, an easy two points in the National Hockey League. But seemingly, no matter who you play, uh, you're going to, Jets are going to be in a battle for those two points every single night. So having every single line going and having every single line as one that, Dave Lowry can rely on is going to be huge. Yeah, and stretching it out even further, uh, Buffalo is 6-1-2 and two in the last nine, so that's points in eight of their last nine games. And I mentioned this the other night, uh, Mitchell Clinton of Jets TV, our guest here on uh, the CJOB Sports Show to kick, thing, uh, kick things off, rather. Uh, you know, if if there was ever, and I know it's kind of like the Masterton Trophy, but man, is Jeff Skinner ever had resurrected uh, uh, things uh, on uh, his behalf uh, you know 27 goals and 47 points for the Buffalo Sabres young Tage Thompson he's been playing well all year but Skinner has been on a real roll yeah and, and you can you know add his name to uh, a number of people on that list I think that are performing for the Buffalo Sabres I mean the person that really stood out to me uh, the person that really stood out to me when, when Buffalo was last in town was Rasmus Dahlin. Now, sure, this guy's a first overall pick uh, in a previous draft, but, you know, it's tough to be a, a top pick in a National Hockey League draft and also be a defenseman because, you know, it's not like you're going to go out like a forward and, and score these flashy goals or anything like that, but you also have to learn how to play your, your position effectively in the National Hockey League. And I think over the last couple of seasons, Dahlin's kind of learned to do that, and now because he has so much confidence in that defensive side of his game, which, you know, it's going to continue to grow just like any young defenseman. But, man, when he was in Winnipeg, he was all over it offensively. The the one goal that he did score um, during, uh, I think it was the first period, where he, yeah, it he was. came in yeah. at the blue line and just cut to the middle of the ice and just sent a, an absolute laser beam of a wrist shot off the bar and in on Connor Hellebuck. I mean, that's, that's a guy that's got confidence at both ends of the ice and the Buffalo Sabres seem to have a lot of that throughout their lineup right now and that's likely what's leading to a lot of the success that they're having and I mean Jeff Skinner's part of that I think Alex Tuck is part of that Tage Thompson like 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 you mentioned it just kind of goes up and down the lineup for Buffalo right now 
Well, like Kyle Connor, you've been the Ironman uh, uh, this season, Mitchell Clinton. I don't think there's a, a game that you've missed this year, uh, so I feel comfortable asking you this. Do you have the Winnipeg Jets not played more consistently on the road than they have at home? You know, in terms of their structure and their style. Yeah, it's an interesting question because, you know, and I remember Blake Wheeler saying this previously, you know, it's just sometimes when you're on the road, you don't feel like you have to, you know, and I'm not sure if these are his exact words or anything, but when you're at home, you want to put on a a bit of a show for the fans, you know, like you want to, yes, you know, getting a win is the ultimate show, but you'd like to, you know, score some nice goals or make some nice plays, all that kind of stuff. Whereas on the road, I mean, you know the you know the visiting crowd is against you, so it's just play your game. You play simple, and I think sometimes that's what makes the Winnipeg Jets quicker and faster, and, and a team that's a little bit harder to handle. So, um, in terms of whether they've been more consistent on the road, they've always, especially the last few seasons, been a pretty good road team. Um, so it's a tough question really to answer, but I think they they haven't played as much road hockey over the last little while. Like I was thinking you know you look at the month of march i think there's only about 10 days that they're on the road whereas you know earlier in the season they were playing a lot more (laughs) road games and i think that's what kind of maybe wore them down a little bit earlier on in the season but um now with you know some shorter road trips throughout the month of march i think they've just been benefiting from maybe not being on the road as much as long and uh they're really making use of those days in between games where they're able to stay off the ice and uh kind of recoup as much energy as possible Hey, Mitchell Clinton, uh, Jets TV, thanks a bunch for this. Uh, I would imagine the chicken wings are ready by now. We don't want them to cool off too much for you. So uh, uh, appreciate the time tonight, sir, and uh, we'll certainly enjoy following along with your coverage on Jets TV as well. Awesome. Thanks very much, Kelly. We have a very special guest on the line with us right now. She is the head coach of the University of Winnipeg Westman women's basketball team. Her name is Tanya McKay, and her Westman are going to be competing for a national title starting on Thursday night. Uh, Tanya, thank you for doing this. Uh, How was the trip to Kingston today? Oh, hi, Kelly. It's been great. You know, it's been a a long travel day, uh, but we are in Kingston, and uh, we're pretty excited to get going. Yeah, I, uh, sometimes the coaches just love to get the basketball on the floor wherever they get to where they're going. Did you did you have a little bit of a workout today, uh, Tanya? We sure did. Uh, we stepped on the court uh, at 5.15, and uh, we did have uh, an hour and a half practice. And uh, the kids were focused and excited. And, uh, you know, you could just you could feel it in the air. They're ready to go. Yeah. Uh, over the years, you've done a lot of traveling. Uh, is this the first time, though, for uh, many of your players at Queen's University in Kingston? And is it a first for you as well, Tanya? Well, I, I was uh, personally back here in Kingston uh, many years ago when I was spending some time working with the national team program. Uh, this is one of the one of the places they trained out of. Uh, but for all the current players, this is their first time here and. And, uh, you know, we flew into Toronto this morning and took a bus into Kingston. And, you know, it was interesting because after practice, many of the kids went out for a a refreshing walk and kind of did a little sightseeing around university campus. 
Well, I'm glad they have the nice enough weather to do that. I'm looking out my window right now. I don't even want to tell you what it's like here, Tanya. Uh, Tanya McKay, the head coach of the U of W uh, Westman women's basketball team. They had a marvelous year. Uh, went 14-2 and two in Canada West, and we're rolling right along. Uh, and then you ran into Saskatchewan uh, about a week and a half ago, uh, Tanya. Uh, I'm just wondering, you just talked about the focus that your players had uh, when they hit the court uh, uh, at Queens earlier today. Is some of that a carryover of what happened in that game against Saskatchewan uh, in the Canada West Championship Tournament? Absolutely. You know, we, we, we did play Saskatchewan four times in league play, and we split. Uh, we won two, they won two. And uh, the Can West final was a, was a great match. Uh, it was a close game right until the mid, four, mid, mid kind of mid period, you know, the fourth. And, uh, you know, I, the kids, when we look at where we are now in Kingston, um, that was a great experience in the Can West finals. It was, it was a packed house, 2,000 screaming fans. And, you know, the kids gave it all they had. And uh, they're looking forward, you know, to potentially another opportunity to see them. Uh, but we, we also know that we've got to get through Laval first. And that's a huge game. And, and that's our focus right now. Right. That game will be played at 4.30 Winnipeg time uh, on Thursday afternoon. Uh, it's a 5.30 start in Kingston, if I have my information correct. So, uh, Tanya, you talked about Lavelle. Let's talk about them. What do you know uh, about uh, the number six ranked team out of Quebec that you're going to be playing? Well, they're they're definitely a, a tough team. You know, they um, they were actually... You know they weren't the top team coming out of Quebec, but they they did a great job through playoffs and semis and and got to the final and and uh, and won the conference. And so uh, they they play a style of play just like Regina, which is great for us. We, we you know we've played Regina five times this, this season, and so you know we feel that we we do have an idea of how they play. They like to run. Uh, you know they want to attack the rim. They want to uh, create opportunities to put up early threes. And so we're prepared for that style of play. And, and so that's, that's what we're gearing for, uh, for Thursday. Is your the kind of team, Tanya, where you can play it any way the opposition wants it? Or is there a certain style your team has to play in order to be successful? Well, I think, I think we adapt well. I think we, you know, the, the team over the season has uh, really done a good job preparing for teams and, and adapting our style to what we need to do to be successful. Uh, at the same time, there are things that stand out to us. You know, we, we do have, you know, one of the best players uh, in the country in the paint. And so, you know, we want to make sure that we're giving Keelan the ball in the paint. Uh, we also have, you know, a dynamic point guard in, in Keanu Giles who can go coast to coast and, and also defend and rebound. So, you know, we really, we, we try to play to our strengths and, and we also try to make sure that we're trying to expose our opponents. That elite player in the paint is Keelan Filowich. Uh, you mentioned Keanu Giles as well. Uh, is the team uh, basically healthy or as healthy, I guess, as you can be at this point in the season, Tanya? Because I would imagine, you know, a, a few of the bodies are banged up for sure uh, with the amount of basketball you've played. But do you like where your team is physically and emotionally going into this tournament? Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I really, I really believe we, you know, we, we moved through the season and we got better and uh, we're in a good place right now and we're in a, a really good mindset. 
and I think the kids are really excited to get started on Thursday. Yeah, so uh, Thursday you play Lavelle. Uh, now, uh, the way that the, the draw works, would Saskatchewan and Queens be on the other side of your draw, or how will that work, uh, you know, as you make your way through into the semifinals, and then, you know, obviously your goal is to play in that championship game? Definitely that's the ultimate goal, and, you know, that's kind of the the dream story. Um, but our focus right now is Laval and and Laval is all we talk about. And, you know, we talk about them. We've talked about them from the time we knew we were playing them. Uh, They're the only team on our mind, and we know exactly who the players are and and what they do, and and that's what we're prepared for for Thursday. You know, in all my years, and uh, it's been a few, uh, the number one line in any coaching manual, Coach McKay, has to be, focus on what's immediately in front of you because I don't think I've ever interviewed a coach who hasn't had that as their mindset. (laughs) We've said it all season. Every, every game we go into, we try to stay in the now and uh, by staying in the now, we, we, we keep that positive mindset and, and we, we look at each possession, you know, at a time and, and we don't want to change that. This is not the time to change it. So our focus (laughs) is Laval and, and, uh, you know, if we play well, we're going to take care of business. Yeah, you'll get your reward if you if you take care of what's immediately in front of you for sure. Uh, clearly, you are uh, familiar with Saskatchewan, who's also part of the eight-team field. Uh, but uh, if you don't mind me asking, uh, because I'm now violating the uh, uh, only talk about the team you're going to be playing, but uh, the rest of the field at the U Sports Canadian Women's Basketball Championship Tournament, uh, Coach Tanya McKay of the U of W, uh, are, are you familiar somewhat with some of the teams Teams uh, uh, that are going to be playing uh, in this tournament as well. Absolutely, you know it's it, it, it is a great lineup. There's eight great teams in the tournament, and uh, you know any team could take it. Any team that is is fired up and and ready and prepared, and you know I think any team could take the championship. And so the key will be is keeping yourself focused in the now. And and so you know for us. If we're fortunate to get by Laval, uh, we would see Saskatchewan in the semifinals. And, you know, we do know them well. And, uh, but again, I, I'm going to go back. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, we, <laughs> we've, we spent the last week and a half now prepping for Laval. And, you know, uh, since we've known uh, on, since Sunday that we're playing Laval, we're ready to go. Um, you know, we did have the week after playing Saskatchewan to focus just on ourselves, which was a great a week of practice. Um, but definitely, uh, this is a great tournament, eight very strong teams and, you know, the team that works hard and has the courage to compete and get it done is going to be the champion in the end. Hey, all the best to you and your team, uh, Coach Tanya McKay, and thanks a bunch for doing this. I, I know it's been a busy day for you. I know it's been a long day, uh, so, uh, it is with sincere appreciation that, uh, you gave us these few minutes to visit with you. Oh, thanks, Kelly. I appreciate talking to you. In the Manitoba Major Junior Hockey League, Game 2 of the series between the Transcona Railer Express and the Pembina Valley Twisters, and uh, that one uh, is uh, at the end of the first period, and Pembina Valley with a 2-1 lead over Transcona. Uh, Transcona with a one-game-to-none uh, series lead, which brings us 
to our next guest. And he coaches the team that's involved in the other MMJHL semifinal. The St. James Canucks and the Raiders are tied 1-1. It has been a fabulous series. And we say good evening to Blair Mooney. And Blair, I'll tell you, there's no shortage of hockey action going on these days, is there? Yeah, no kidding. Sounds like it. Yeah, no, I'm busy in the NHL, and of course we uh, we have the Manitoba and the Manitoba Major Junior Hockey Leagues, uh, Winnipeg Ice and Manitoba Moose. But we uh, brought you on to talk about the MMJHL, uh, your team coming off a big five four win over the Raiders after losing an overtime uh, decision in the uh, in the opener. Uh, would the scores be pretty much indicative of how competitive that matchup has been, Blair? Yeah, they have. It's been a good. Uh good battle for the first couple games for sure. I mean, uh, we've been able to get lots of pucks on net and stuff like that, but it's, uh, the scoring has been tight and, and, um, we feel like, uh, obviously we've been in, been in both games. Like you come out on the wrong end, one of them, which is a really tight game in overtime, but then to bounce back and win game two is huge. So yeah, it's been tight checking so far. Yeah. That tells you something about your hockey club when they can park, an overtime loss, especially after, I mean, I never like to underestimate uh, an opponent, but you did uh, 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 pretty much have your way with Charleswood in the opening round. So your first bit of adversity in the postseason, you must be tremendously pleased with the way your hockey club reacted to that. Yeah, exactly. Like we, we talked about that at the, at the end of uh, game one, after we lost, like it's uh playoffs are a lot different you're gonna have to respond along the way to some adversity everybody like everybody's record resets in the in the playoffs right so even though we were pretty successful in the first round that uh we've been on the kind of the top part of the standings for the majority of the year so anytime we play anyone they're kind of getting up for us right so it's uh um 7-0's played a really good game in, in game one and two but um uh, it, was, it was good to see how our guys responded. I mean, anytime you lose in overtime, the guys are obviously a little deflated. But uh, to come back uh, only less than two days later and, and get a big win was huge. Yeah, oh, I, I like that old school referring to the Raiders as Seven Oaks. That takes us back yeah. a few years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about your, before we talk about your team, uh, Blair Mooney, tell us a little bit about yourself. Are you, uh, have you been involved with, with the double MJHL for quite a few years now? Uh, yeah, I have. I, uh, I played four years myself. Uh, that's where like with the seven Oaks part comes from. I, when sure. I was playing, I, I played for the St. James Canucks. Um, and then when we were playing them, there were seven Oaks. Yeah. But there's a few team teams that have changed names or tweaked the names over the years. So, um, yeah, I played four years for the Canucks, um, and then, uh, got into coaching after that. I, I teach high school. So I, uh, when I was going through my education and stuff like that, I, I got into coaching and coached at the high school level and was fortunate to, uh, to coach with, um, Justin Steves, who's the president of our team. And, uh, at the time we were coaching John Taylor together and we had some success there and, and then, uh, got into, um, like when the ownership change happened with the Canucks and, and he became the president, we, we had some conversations about me coming in to coach. And so this is my seventh, uh, seventh season as a head coach of the Canucks. So between four playing and, and seven coaching, I've been, been around the team for quite a while. Oh, wow. Yeah. You're a lifer. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, so what era did you play in? And there, there will be a method to my madness uh, uh, for the answer to this question. Uh, I played 
I played uh, my 21-year-old year would have been 08, 09. So uh, my rookie year, I guess, was 05, 06. So from 2005 to 2009. Yeah. Yeah, so you uh, you were not part of then uh, those uh, uh, those other two memorable seasons for the Canucks. That's where I was going with this player because oh, yeah. uh, you, you haven't accomplished what you want to accomplish in the postseason yet. So I'll hold off on that uh, for a moment. But how satisfying and how proud, especially in light of of your uh, long involvement with this franchise, was it? to win your first Art Moog trophy as the regular season champions in almost 40 years. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I think it was, we were looking at it after it happened. It was like since 82, 83 or something like that, that, uh, the last time the, the team won that trophy, but it was, uh, obviously, um, once the beginning part of the season, like once we realized that we, we, uh, had a pretty good team. And once you see kind of the competition, the league and where you fit in, uh, that was a goal of ours was to to finish at the top of the league. And, and then for obvious reasons, like home ice and stuff like that. But just, uh, I mean, one of the teams I played on, we had, we had a pretty good team and, and uh, I think we were like the franchise record for points, but we still finished third that year. So it was, you run into some other good teams. And, and then this year we kind of blew that record out of the water and, and uh, it was nice to finish at the top for for obvious reasons, but uh, the boys earned it all year for sure. Like they they uh, that was a goal of ours, and 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 uh, the players really took pride in it. So it was awesome to see. Yeah, thirty-seven, four, and four. The St. James Junior Canucks went this year uh, and uh, outscored their opponents by a one hundred nine goal margin. And one of the things I always look for, coach, is okay. You know, uh, does a team rely a lot on home ice advantage or, you know, can they do that on the road? And the answer for your guys was yes. You're actually one game better on the road than you were at home. At home, you were 18, two and two. So, uh, and and, you know, you went into the playoffs with a head of steam, I guess, after coming out of the Charleswood series, it had been uh, 15 in a row. So uh, obviously you're doing your job as a coach, but I would suggest that your leaders are doing their job of leading as well. Yeah, absolutely. We got uh, a good crew of leaders, um, like our like our captains, uh, Mac Whiteley, Ethan Unraw, um, Trent Houstonson, and Cale Price have been awesome for us this year. And, and then we've got other guys that aren't necessarily like they don't have a letter on their chest, but we got a pretty big leadership group outside of those guys as well. Like our leading scorer, Curtis Luke, and uh, Rory Neal, a defenseman. He's he's just a young kid, but he's a guy that a lot of our guys look up to. But um, yeah, like it's uh, they've done a they've done a great job. I mean, throughout the course of a long season, they're going to get tired of me barking at them sometimes, right? So they they need they need to rely on each other and hold each other accountable. And with uh, with our record, uh, like the way it, it ended up, clearly they did a pretty good job of that. So. No kidding. Blair Mooney is the head coach of the St. James Junior Canucks. They were the regular season MMJHL champs. They want to add the Jack Mack trophy uh, to their uh, treasure chest as well. The only other time the franchise won that was in the 97-98 season. I was kind of wondering maybe, Coach, if you were part of that, but uh, uh, you you weren't uh, quite old enough to to make the grade there. Uh, A little but, before uh, my time, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But just before we let you go, one thing I know for sure that you'd be very familiar with is uh, how special this postseason must be 
uh, for the MMJHL. I mean, there wasn't one last year. Uh, it had just started in 2020 when the pandemic hit. Uh, so I would imagine it's been a ton of fun, especially going into game three Friday night at uh, the St. James Civic Center for that series. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, yeah, it's been two years, pretty much the last time we were in the playoffs, like the last time our league had playoffs was the kids that are 21 playing for us now were 18 back then. So it's, it feels like a while. And anytime, like I, I've mentioned to the guys, like obviously like coaching is, is great being a part of it, but playing is, is something that they should consider themselves lucky to do. And after the pandemic and it's like, the fact they get to you realize how much you missed it right so um it's exciting we've had some good crowds that clearly everybody's uh, excited to come out and watch the boys and it's uh it's been fun so far so good and it's uh it's just good to be back at it and see the building full and the intensity picking up and stuff like that it's been it's been great you bet. 7 o'clock Friday night, uh, game three of that series with uh, the Seven Oaks Raiders. There, I went old school on you too, Coach. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> perfect. You bet. Hey, thanks a bunch for doing this. Uh, very much appreciate it. Uh, uh, I know the MMJHL uh, is uh, just an absolutely fantastic league, and uh, it's at its best at this time of the year. These guys aren't getting paid a penny, uh, but they're putting it all out there to try to win that Jack McKenzie trophy. So uh, thank you uh, for this, and uh, we'll certainly continue to follow along. Thanks a lot. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Of course, that is when the Jets are not playing because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell until we meet again. So long and thanks for all the fish. So sad that it should come to this Try to warn you over the day. You may not share our intellect, which might explain your disrespect. 